welcome to the sermon podcast for Ashburn Baptist Church, Chicago. We pray the message you are about to hear is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. It is a wonderful day to be in church, and we are so excited that you decided to join us, not only on Super Bowl Sunday, John, but the day before Valentine's Day. Now, those of you who are NFL fans, you do know that the Super Bowl got pushed by one week which means that every husband in this room now had to, made a deci- had to make a decision. Are we going to focus on the Super Bowl or am I going to focus on my wife? And some of us are struggling with that decision. Kara actually sent me a link this week that said uh, it was like this girl crying because her husband hadn't asked her to be about her Valentine yet. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. So I immediately apologized and said, Kara, will you be my Valentine? So husbands, I know the Super Bowl is for t- it's tonight, but don't forget to ask your wife, believe it or not, to be your Valentine, because apparently that matters. Today we're continuing a series called Dating Delilah. Delilah is a woman that we find in the Old Testament book of Judges. We find her story as the struggle to the main character. His name is Samson, and Samson is a guy with an incredible talent and a bright future, but he traded it all for an enemy woman named Delilah. And last week, we all discovered that we all have our own Delilahs, because a Delilah is anything that distracts us from God's direction. A Delilah is anything that distracts us from what God wants us to do with our lives. And last week we discovered that we all have our own Delilahs. Sure, they might be spelled a little bit differently, but we all have our own struggle. We all have our own distractions. That's what Delilah means. That's what dating Delilah means. It means that I'm distracted distracted from doing the right thing. This week we're going to discover another truth to dating Delilah. Here it is. Dating Delilah is hoping for heartbreak. Dating Delilah, it means hoping for heartbreak. How many of you have ever been brokenhearted before? Every Bears fan in this room should have their hand up. Bears fans, let me throw a date at you. January 6, 2019. The Bears had probably the best defense in the league, certainly the best defense we'd had since like the 1980s. We made it to the playoffs. We were only down by one point. We were in control the whole game. The score was 16 to 15 against the Philadelphia Eagles. And we drove with Mitchell Trubisky all the way down the field to the 25-yard line. And from there, it was a 43-yard chip shot, easy field goal. And our kicker, Cody Parker, steps up to the ball and absolutely drills it. It gets partially touched at the line, but it had enough juice to get to the field goal. And do you know how we know that? Because it hit the post not once, but twice. We all held a moment of silence. We could probably hear the cries of Chicagoans all across the land, even to this day. Heartbreak. We all know that that truly isn't heartbreak. It's extreme sadness. It's extreme pain. But we do know that heartbreak is a very, very real thing. And we don't want to experience heartbreak because it's emotionally and physically destructive. Here's the top signs of heartbreak. Loss of weight, gain of weight, extreme depression, a forgotten sense of who we are, no real purpose, extreme emotional and even physical pain. I would venture to say that no one here wants to experience heartbreak. But I'm here to tell you that if you choose to date Delilah, If you choose to live your life distracted, that's exactly what you are hoping for. 
heartbreak. You can expect it. Samson chooses to date his Delilah, and he experiences the greatest heartbreak of his life. And in his story, I think he makes three pivotal mistakes when it comes to dating Delilah. Three pivotal mistakes that we make, too, when it comes to our own Delilahs, our own distractions. The first mistake that Samson makes is that he rushes the washing machine. He rushes the washing machine. I've liked Kara since the seventh grade. Kara, there was just something about the way that you played in recess that just won me over. 20, whatever that was, 20, 2006 or 5 or 4, whatever it is, all the way to today. I'm so glad that you're still my Valentine's Day. I thought and still think today that she is the most beautiful girl in the world. And I wanted to spend time with her, whatever the cost. But my parents weren't too keen on the idea of their 12-year-old son dating an older woman. They didn't like the idea. My mom sat me down and she gave me this talk consistently that was titled, Rushing the Washing Machine. First time I ever had it, 12 years old, she sat me down. She said, Josh, God has some great things planned for your life, some great intentions that he has for you. But if you rush into things, then you'll have to do it over again. If I rush a load through the washing machine, that means that they're not really clean. And for me to really get them clean, I'm going to have to run the whole load all over again. So take your time with life. Take your time with Kara. Take your time with all relationships. Don't rush the washing machine, because if you do, it won't work like you're expecting it to. I'm not sure Samson was as fortunate as I am. Or maybe he was, but he just missed the rushing the washing machine talk. Because the Bible shows that he rushes into his relationship with Delilah. I want you to check it out. Judges chapter 16, verse number 1. The Bible says that Samson went to Gaza, and there he saw a prostitute, and he went into her. Hey, by the way, if you are single here today... The choices that you're making right now are going to determine how good your marriage is in the future. The decisions that you're making right now will affect your relationship with your spouse one day. So be very careful with what decisions you're making because one day your marriage will thank you for it. Judges chapter 16 and verse 1, Samson goes to Gaza, he sleeps with a prostitute. Verse number 4, after this, He loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. Okay, so in verse 1, Samson is sleeping with a prostitute. In verse 4, he's fallen in love with a girl named Delilah. Let's get it straight. In three verses, he goes from single to taken. In three verses, he goes from not even knowing who this girl is to head over heels in love with her. Make no mistake about it. He rushed the washing of Delilah's. Is that they operate on right now timing. Distractions want our attention right now. Like nothing else matters. Like nothing else is important. We have something that we need right now. And in Samson's case... That meant that dating his Delilah meant they needed to be in a relationship right then. They needed to be together right away. And maybe the same is true for us today. Maybe there's somebody here today that's rushing into a relationship, doing things that they should not be doing, getting involved in things that God had intended for them in the future, but they're doing right now. Or maybe in our case, rushing the washing machine means wanting a promotion so bad that we devote so much of our life to it without even really weighing the cost of what it's going to take to get that promotion. 
Or maybe it might mean putting our kids in all of the top tier programs without ever really considering what it's going to do to their relationship with God. Maybe it means that we refuse to go seek counsel or we refuse to spend as much time in prayer because the decision needs to be made and the decision needs to be made right now. And I want you to understand that there is real danger in rushing into things. Relationships, job opportunities, decisions. There is danger in rushing the washing machine because time is a gift It might be the most valuable currency that there is. So don't be afraid to take your time. Because God often uses time to point us in the right direction. Like as we look back through all of some of the big stories in the Bible, think about it. Joseph was waiting in a jail cell. But God was preparing him to lead a nation. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were waiting in a fiery furnace, but God was using them to turn the heart of the king. Mary was waiting for Jesus to come to town to perform a miracle on her brother, but he dies. But God had a bigger plan, a resurrecting miracle in the working. David was waiting for his turn to be king. He'd already been anointed. Everybody knew he was next, but he was waiting because God was preparing him to be maybe the greatest king that Israel ever saw. God's timing takes time. So don't rush into things. Delilah's want us to move and operate in the right now. And God's timing says, wait, wait on the Lord. Wait on me. I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good and not for evil. Because when we rush the washing machine, we we find another example. Abraham, he's promised a son by God. And he waits years and years for a son. He felt like he was running out of time. So he takes matters into his own hands and he sleeps with the family maid. They have a son. A child was born. They named him Ishmael. And from that newly formed family line would become one of Israel's greatest conflicts because Abraham rushed God's timing. He found a Delilah that said right here, Right now, it's yours. Take it while God was saying, wait. Wait on me. In church today, I'm begging you to wait. Rush into a job opportunity. Don't rush into a program. Don't rush into a decision. Wait on the Lord. Ask God what he has for your life because he has the greatest plan for you. Because if we don't, we're hoping for heartbreak. The first mistake that Samson does is he rushes the washing machine Delilah's rush God's timing. And this led to a relationship with Delilah that was set on a bed of lies. It was built on a bed of lies. Delilah is a Philistine woman. That meant that she was the literal enemy of Samson in Israel. And Samson had caused some real problems for the Philistines. He had supernatural strength and he was using it to bring destruction into the lives of the Philistines. And some Philistines come to Delilah when they find out that Delilah and Samson are dating and they give her this idea to take down one of their their greatest enemies. Check it out, Judges 16 verse five. And the lords of the Philistines come to her. They say to Delilah, seduce him. See where his great strength lies. By what means we may overpower him, that we can bind him and humble him, 
and we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So for 1,100 pieces of silver each, she turns on her newfound love. Look at Judges chapter 16 and verse 6. So Delilah says to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and how you can be bound that somebody can subdue you. And Samson, Samson, how strong are you? Samson, how can we defeat you? How can we take you down? Well, remember, Samson is so strong because his God is so strong. He took a vow as a baby that he was going to be a Nazarene, which meant that he wouldn't do three things. He wouldn't touch the dead, he wouldn't drink strong drink, and he wouldn't cut his hair. And at this point in the story, he'd broken the first two but kept the third. He had not cut his hair. He hadn't broken his vow completely. And as a result, God still allowed him to operate with his supernatural strength. If he broke his vow to God, he would lose his strength. And yet here's his response in Judges 16 verse 7 to Delilah. He says, hey, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that haven't been dried, then I'll become weak like any other man. That's a lie. That is not the truth. They tried to bind him with fresh bowstrings that had not been tied, and he snapped them like twigs. So Delilah comes to him a second time, and here's what she says. Behold, you've mocked me, and you've told me lies. Please tell me how you might be bound. Here's his response again. He says to her, they bind me with ropes that haven't been used, then I shall be weak like every other man. Another lie. She tied him up with new ropes. He snaps them off like twigs. She comes to him again in verse 13. Delilah says to Samson, until now you've mocked me and told me lies. Tell me how you might be bound. And he says to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head with the web and fasten it tight with a pen, then I will become weak. Weak like any other man. Lies, 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 lies. But listen, that's how every relationship with Delilah works. That's how every relationship with our distraction works. Lies, lies, lies. Like our Delilah lies to us and say, hey, we want what's work. Delilah's lie to us and they say, we know what's best for you. And we lie to ourselves and say, well, maybe they really do know what's best for me. Maybe they really do have my best interest in mind. Delilah's lie, and they say, hey, I'm more important than anything else. And so we lie to ourselves, and we say, well, I, I couldn't really live without them anyways. And so we get into a relationship with whatever our distraction is. And then before we know it, we continue to lie to ourselves, saying we can stop whenever we want to stop. We can end this whenever we want to end this. Lies, lies, lies. Speaking of lies, I heard a story. There was a clown in a circus. There were budget cuts in the circus, but he loved his job. And one day, after they'd fallen on some financial trouble, the owner of the circus came to the clown and said, I'm sorry, we can't afford to pay you anymore. You're fired. But the clown begged for his job. He wanted to keep it. And so he begged and begged. And the manager said, okay, well, there's one thing that you could do. You could dress up like a gorilla and do tricks in the circus. And so, because he loved his job so much, he agreed. He started dressing up in a gorilla suit and doing crazy tasks and ridiculous things. And one of the things that he had to do is he had to ride across on a tightrope. And every single week, it got more dangerous. One of the weeks, they removed the net that was underneath of the tightrope, and he accidentally fell. When he fell, he fell into the cage that was filled with lions. 
And as the lions began to approach him, he started yelling and screaming, begging for help. There's the ape in the middle, the gorilla in the middle of the cage saying, help, help, help. And as the lion approached, he said, hey, shut up or you're going to get us all fired. The lions were people too. I thought it was a ridiculous story because everybody's lying. But the truth is, all of us are lying. We're all liars. We've all lied. You know, when it comes to lying, we lie for two reasons. We either lie to escape or we lie to be accepted. Ashburn, if you're here today and you're lying to yourself so that you can continue to date your Delilah that's distracting you from God's direction for your life so that you can escape God's plan for your life, I want you to know something. There is no greater plan for your life There is no better scheme that you can come up with than the one that God has orchestrated. You can't come up with a better job. You can't come up with a better spouse. You can't come up with a better situation. You can't come up with a better decision because God has your best interest in mind. Don't try to escape God's plan because it is the best plan for your life. Or maybe you're lying to yourself today because you're trying to be accepted accepted by those around you. You're lying to yourself so you can continue to date the Delilah that's distracting you from God's direction for your life so that you can be accepted by others. I want you to know that there's no acceptance that's more important than God's. It doesn't matter what your friend thinks about you. It matters what God thinks about you. It doesn't matter what your spouse thinks about you. God's opinion is greater. He should be our focus. Quit lying to yourself. Quit lying on a bed of lies because God's direction is better than your distraction. Samson rushed the washing machine. And then he built his relationship on a bed of lies. And then he became addicted to love. Delilah had been lied to three times. Now she comes back again to Samson, begging to know what the source of his strength was. She says to him in verse 15, how can you say that I love you when your heart isn't with me? You've mocked me these three times. You haven't told me where your great strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words, day after day after day after day, and urged him, his soul was vexed to death by That's a snapshot of what it's like to date a Delilah. Because you go from being in love with your distraction to your soul being vexed to death with no escape, no way out, so frustrated with your life because you're so distracted that you have no direction anymore, vexed to death. One minute you love it, the next minute you can't escape it. And he tells her in verse 17, tells her all of his heart. Tells Delilah, a razor can't come to my head. I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me. And I'll become weak like any other man. When Delilah saw that he told her all of his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines. They come and they shave his head and they defeat him. Samson gives up. Tells Delilah the truth. And then Delilah lied to him and betrayed him. 
And I think so many of us right now, if we have a Delilah in our life, we're being lied to by her too. Just like we're lying to ourselves, saying that we have control of it, that we can escape it whenever we want to, that we're in control of it, she's lying right back to us, saying that she has our best interest in mind, and we've become addicted to that feeling of love. And it's not loving our distraction, it's loving ourselves so much that we think we're in control. Something happens when we get to that place, we become destroyed. In North Africa, they have a very easy way to capture monkeys. They have a gourd with a hole just large enough for the monkey to take its hand and put it inside of the hole. Inside the hole, they have nuts and berries and fruit, and the monkey will be able to grab a large handful of his newfound stash. But after he grabs whatever's inside of that hole, when he goes to pull his hand out, his hand is now too large to escape the hole that was once so easily to get inside. And that monkey will fight and fight and fight until morning when the hunters show back up and easily capture the monkey. I think that's how some of us might look right now. Wrist deep into a trap, thinking that we can let go whenever we want to. It was easy to get in and now we have control, but the truth is, is that we're, we're stuck. At least we think we're stuck. The truth is, is we just have to let go. Let go of the thing that's from God's will. Let go of the Delilah that's been distracting us. Let go of the thing that has been keeping us from God's will for our lives. Some of us here, we're dating Delilah. We've rushed into things. We've lied to ourselves, saying that we can stop or we can quit whenever we want to. We've been holding on with clenched fists, saying that we have everything under control. When we're actually the one who's trapped. Our soul vexed to death. And Ashburn, today, I am begging you to just let go. To let go of whatever distraction it is that's keeping you from doing what God wants you to do with your life to let go of the distraction that's keeping you from knowing God even more than you ever have. To let go of the distraction that's keeping you from being an imitator of God, being holy and righteous. Let go of that sin that's holding you back. Maybe letting go of that Delilah that's keeping you from doing that thing that God wants you to do with your life. Let go. Because if you don't, Instructions on the way. You are hoping for heartbreak. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have any prayer requests or questions about your spiritual life, we would love to pray for you. Or if you would just like more information about visiting us in person, please email us at chicago at ashburnbaptist.com or visit our website ashburnbaptist.com slash Chicago.